0: Okay, Bible and Daily Lifers, we are going through the New Testament in a year, and we are in Romans 11, which means that we're starting to close in on finishing the book of Romans, chapters 1 through 7 into 8, talking about doctrine. Doctrine is just those sort of essential teachings of the New Testament, those things that Christians believe universally across the board, across denominations, and that's that we are all sinners, the notorious sinners, the self-righteous, the religious. We're all sinners. None of us can do it. We need a Savior. That Savior is Jesus. Died on the cross for us, rose again. Is coming back again. He ascended into heaven. And uh, made us new creatures. Gave us a new life. Gave us eternal life. A new life and eternal life. So that's what happens 1 through 7, and then chapters 8 all the way to the end to chapter 16 is mostly about how to live in this new life. But there's a parenthesis, chapters 9, 10, and 11, and it's all about Paul's people Israel, who he wishes they would get saved. Because now he's out, he's the minister to the Gentiles, which means the non-Jews. And a lot of them are coming to Christ, but he's not seeing his family. He's not seeing his friends. He's not seeing his nation. He's not seeing seeing those that he was brought up religiously, coming to Christ in such huge numbers. And so he's talking about how he wishes they would be saved. And then he gives us some more insight into Israel and how are we supposed to think about Israel. Of course, the, whole, the Old Testament is... The story of the nation of Israel, the story of the New Testament, is the man that came out of Israel, the Savior, the Messiah, Jesus. So we pick up in chapter 11. So he says, I ask then, did God reject his people? Because now this thing's going to the Gentiles and not so many of the Jews, so is it a rejection of God's people? He said, by no means. He said, I'm an Israelite myself, so I'm proof positive that God is working among the Jewish people and saving Jewish people, because he was really quite the Jew of Jews, is what he called himself, an Israelite of an Israelite. I mean, he was he was there. He was in. He said, I'm an Israelite, a descendant of De- of Abraham, of course, uh, the father of the nation, from the tribe of Benjamin, and he tells the very tribe that he's from. He said, God didn't reject his people, who he foreknew. He he knew these people. He called these people. He turned them into a nation. He gave them the word of God. The Messiah came through the family tree. He gave them the land. He gave them the promises. He gave them the blessings, just like he said. Don't you know what Scripture says about the in the passage about Elijah? How he appealed to God against Israel. And Lord, they have killed your prophets and they've torn down your altars. I'm the only one left. And they're trying to kill me. Well, maybe Paul felt sometimes like he was the only one that was coming to Christ out of all of his family tree, out of all of Israel. But there were many, many of them. And of course, uh, Elijah here, when he's uh, fleeing, fleeing for his life because he did the lord's will and now they're after him and he's like i'm the only one there's no one left well there's uh, many jews coming to christ paul many jews and i think the lord is giving him that scripture to remember that he's not the only one that there are many and even though he wants them all to come to christ it's not that none are coming to christ many jewish people are coming to christ in paul's day many jewish people are coming to christ in our day And what was God's answer to him, Elijah? He said, I reserve for myself 7,000 who have not bowed their knee to Baal. So too, at the present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace. So in Paul's day, there were quite a few Jewish people who had... Surrendered to Christ. And in this day, there's quite a few who have surrendered to Christ. But there's a future for Israel. What we call national Israel. Blood Israel. Those people who are joined together by blood going all the way back to Abraham being the father of the nation. And them having that blood of Abraham in them even to this day. There's a future for them. And if by grace, and it can't be based on works, if it were, by, if it were, then grace would no longer be grace. And so God is calling them, not because they're so good or because uh, they have Abraham as their father, but because of the grace of God. Uh, many people are coming to Christ, Jews and Gentiles alike, just because of God's grace. What then? What the people of Israel sought so earnestly, but they did not obtain. The elect among them did, but the others were hardened. So, um... Some received, but some were hardened in their hearts. Some were hardened in their hearts. As it is written, God gave them a spirit of stupid. Their eyes couldn't see, their ears couldn't hear to this very day. There are many who just can't see, and as David said, May their table become as a snare and a trap, a stumbling block, retribution to them. May their eyes be darkened so they can't see, and their Back's bent forever. Well, what was keeping them? What was their religion? Their feeling that they could do it themselves, their pride? Well, it's the same thing that keeps everybody from Christ. Our pride, our arrogance, thinking that we can do it ourselves, you know, having a bad estimation of ourselves, thinking that we're better than we are, you know, thinking more highly of ourselves is how the, how the Bible says it. Well, what it says, and again I asked, did they stumble as to fall beyond recovery? I guess there's it's just they're gone now, uh, no opportunity to come to Christ, no opportunity to be saved. He says, Not at all. He says, Rather, because of their transgression, because they didn't all believe in Jesus after the resurrection and his ascension into heaven, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make Israel envious. To make them envious, that, you know, the Gentiles are coming to God. But if their transgression, the Jews, means riches for the world, how much greater riches will their full inclusion bring? So he's bringing them in and will continue to bring them in. And there is a future for Israel. We're going to take a look at that in just a minute. He said, said, I'm talking to you Gentiles now. And as much as I'm an apostle to the Gentiles, I take pride in my ministry and hope that I may somehow arouse my my own people to envy and save some of them. That they'll see that, you know, this is for everyone, but, you know, get it. You know, the Gentiles are getting it. You need to get it. For if their rejection brought reconciliation to the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? And so he goes on and he says in verse 22, Consider the kindness and the sternness of God, stern to those who fell, but kindness to you, provided you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you'd be cut off. So, let's jump so that we can finish this chapter to verse twenty-five. He says, "I don't want you to be ignorant of this mystery." There's um, a few things that the apostle Paul says he doesn't want us to be ignorant. It says he doesn't want us to be ignorant about spiritual gifts. He says he doesn't want us to be ignorant about the coming of the Lord, and he doesn't want us to be ignorant about Israel, national Israel, the bloodline of Israel, blood people Israel. Well, those are the three things that in the 21st century, people are still arguing about in the church. They're arguing about uh, spiritual gifts. They're arguing about uh, the coming of the Lord, and they're arguing about uh, the place of Israel. Well, he doesn't want us to be ignorant. Ignorant just means I don't want you to be not knowing brothers and sisters, so that you may not be concerned. Israel's experienced a hardening in part until the full number of Gentiles come in. Well, there's a number of Gentiles that are going to come in. It's some kind of fixed number. It's amazing. I wonder what that number is. I wonder how many Gentiles need to come in. And because once the number of Gentiles ends, it moves to a whole nother place. He's going to start dealing with Israel again, national Israel, Jewish people, And in this way, all of Israel will be saved. Wow, they're going to come to Christ as it is written. And the deliverer will come from Zion and he will turn godlessness away from Jacob. And this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. As far as the gospel is concerned, they're enemies for your sake right now. But as far as election is concerned, they are loved on account of the patriarchs. God made promises to them and loves them. For God's gifts and His calls are irrevocable. He's going to He's going to do what He said He's going to do. He's going to fulfill the promise, just as you who were at one time disobedient to God and have received mercy as a result of their disobedience, if they didn't disobey, the gospel wouldn't even come to you. So they too now have become disobedient, in order that they too now may receive mercy as a result of God's mercy to you. They're going to get mercy, for God has bound everyone over to disobedience so that he may have mercy on them all. Wow! You know, we all became sinners in the garden, and God had mercy on Jew and on Gentile. And Israel will be saved. God has not stopped working with national Israel, with the family of Abraham, with blood Israel. And then he ends it like this. Kind of just a prayer. Let's pray it together and receive it and say it to God. Oh, the depths and the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord and who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.